My mother-in-law demands I give her $5,000 or she'll make us homeless. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. This story is extremely hard for me to tell because I'm still dealing with the effects of it. However, I feel like I need to because this story features the most entitled parent I've ever met in my life. This is the story of how my life has been ruined because, like the title states, I refuse to pay my fiancé's mother $5,000. It started out simple enough. In August of 2019, when my fiancé and I were dating, my parents, who I was staying with at the time to care for my stepmother after a surgery, wanted me to leave because they couldn't sleep with each other as often as they wanted. They told me this in a very abrupt manner and expected me to leave fairly quickly giving me no time to prepare. My fiancé kindly asked his mother, who he was staying with, if I could live with them long enough for us to get an apartment together. He stressed to her that it would be difficult for us to get an apartment ourselves just starting out, and that while we could cover all the monetary expenses, we would most likely still need a co-signer. She promised both me and him that if we couldn't qualify for an apartment by ourselves, she would co-sign for us. So I moved from Illinois to Florida. Within a week of me being in the house, my fiancé's mother was making our lives miserable. Despite me landing a job within a week and having to work late nights for said job, she would come into the living room each morning at varying stupidly early hours to tell us we needed to do something productive. Meanwhile, she would go back to bed to sleep until 6am. She would complain that we weren't cleaning the dishes we had used to make a meal that we had just made and were still eating. She would gaslight and pick petty fights with my fiancé, then play the victim, like a true narcissist. It got so bad, a few weeks in, we decided to rent a hotel for the weekend, just to get away from her and have some alone time. We had our apartment picked out anyway. All we'd need to do when we got back was sign some paperwork and we'd be away from her, right? Wrong. After the weekend, fiancé's mother drove us back to her house. On the drive back, she sprung something on me. She wanted us to pay her $5,000. For context, my fiancé was going to be receiving a $9,000 medical settlement a few months from that point. Before he met me, he had told his mother that if he was still single, he would give her $5,000 toward a trailer that they would both own and live in together. Since my spouse and I were dating and very serious at the time, this was extremely confusing that she would demand this. My fiancé tried to explain to her that he had only promised to give her money if he was single. She was having none of it and attempted to gaslight him about it. When that didn't work, she turned to me and requested that I pay her the $5,000. I only had about $5,000 in my bank account at the time, so I couldn't do that and pay to rent an apartment at the same time. When she realized she couldn't squeeze blood from a stone, my fiancé's mother finally declared, Well, I guess you don't have a co-signer then. With my fiancé being on SSI due to injuries that left him disabled and me making minimum wage, her refusing to co-sign on an apartment essentially left us without any housing options. Florida requires applicants to make three times the price of the rent on any given place, and rent in our area is very high. Finding a roommate situation that accepts couples is nigh on impossible, and renting houses were out as well, once again due to not having enough income. My fiancé's mother's behavior worsened. With nowhere to go, we jumped ship and moved to a local hotel, but only three months of this drained our finances. 
We then couch surfed with some of my fiance's acquaintances, but a lot of them were not good people, and we were used and stolen from several times. We ended up sleeping in the deep freezer of an abandoned Hooters, until the building was almost torn down on us by construction workers one day. After that, my fiance's mother bought us a tent, how nice of her, and we ended up living in the woods while I tried to hold down my job. We've been homeless on and off for two years now. I've been assaulted twice because being homeless has put us in dangerous and unsafe situations. I've witnessed someone almost shoot my spouse. My fiance's mother didn't care. It even seemed like she enjoyed watching us suffer. Finally, in early 2020, when we were practically begging on our knees, my fiance's mother co-signed on an apartment, a two-bedroom model we couldn't afford, but she insisted it was that or nothing. But after everything was finalized, she told us we couldn't have roommates. We had to try and keep ourselves afloat during the pandemic, something that ruined my finances more than they already were. When our lease ended in April, my fiance's mom insisted she fulfilled her promise, so she had no obligation to help us, even if that action consigned us to the streets again. We're homeless again now, and she continues to lie about us to the rest of the family, saying we ruined the apartment, which we left in perfect condition, and saying that's the reason she won't co-sign for us again. To tie up this story, I recently found out that refusing to co-sign and watching our finances dwindle was very much intentional on the mother's part. During the weekend my fiancé and I went to the hotel for our weekend escape, his mother went to a family get-together. We weren't invited to this event. My husband has DID in addition to his physical limitations, and the rest of his family ostracizes him because he's crazy. He's a DID system, who has well-behaved alters who all work well together. So this is utterly ridiculous, but they've treated him this way his whole life. During the family event, someone joked that I probably had more money than my fiancé's mother. The woman gets $5,000 a month due to a combination of retirement pension and money she inherited from her late husband. I doubt it. According to a family member, she calmly said in response, Let's see how much money that witch has when I'm done with her. It's one thing to not like your son's girlfriend, but this is just absolutely insane. You've literally ruined both of their lives. You've completely drained them financially. And only when they're on their last legs do you finally give them any little bit of support that you know they won't be able to uphold. She doomed them to fail. It's really sad to hear about something like this. None of this should have been necessary. All that was required was a signature. And instead, this is what everything came down to. Does she really feel like a good mother putting her son in this situation? And over what? Jealousy over someone else's income? I, I just can't wrap my head around someone like this. You can submit your own stories to be featured here on the channel. The story submission link is in the description below. And don't forget to subscribe. Coworker tries to make me feel lower than him by forcing me to call him by his formal title. So I insist that he do the same for me. Years ago, I was working for a university as a secretary for a rather large department. I was told by the chair to call everyone by their first name rather than the formal Dr. So-and-so. I complied and life went on with me using informal names and them doing the same for me. However, about a year later, I called to Dr. So-and-so in the next room to ask a question. It was benign enough and still respectful using his first name. 
Not long after, I received an email. He had addressed it to me as my first name and stated that I needed to call him Dr. So-and-so and not to use his first name. I knew this was a way to establish his superiority over me, but I was not having it. I may have been a secretary, but I was still a human being who deserved respect too. I wrote him an email back, addressing him as Dr. So-and-so. I agreed to call him by his formal name, but I insisted that he do the same to me. I am no longer original poster, but Mrs. Doe. I copied the department chair and executive aides, so all were in on the loop. He went to the chair to complain, but she sided with me. And so it began. From then on out, it was Dr. So-and-so on every correspondence and when I spoke to him. If he addressed me as Rosilli, I would remind him that I wanted to be addressed as Mrs. Doe and would not answer until he addressed me as such. This really got on his nerves. He did not want to be the only one to call me by my formal name, as it messed with his need for superiority over a peon. It only took less than a week before he wrote me again. This time, it was to say to please call him Paul instead of Dr. So-and-so. No apology to me, just a resounding white flag of surrender. I took it as a small win for the peons and proceeded to call him Paul. I continued to work in that department for eight years, and we never had another problem like this. Wow, somebody really has a superiority complex, don't they? Honestly though, you handled this the best way you could. You just ended up embarrassing the guy, which is the exact opposite of what he wants. By him establishing that rule with you and no one else, he made himself look lower rather than higher like he wanted. He really just showed how petty he was. Jerk developer thinks he knows more about our code that we've been working with for years than we do. I worked as a developer for a company that built and managed the software behind a rapidly growing online e-commerce store that sells tech gadgets and accessories, which I'll refer to as Megastore for this story. I worked in a Central African country. The Megastore started off small, and my boss built the original website on risk for a cut of the commission that Megastore earned. Side note, as it is important for later, the commission that Megastore gained from the sale of an item on this site would be split on purchase. The majority of the commission would be paid directly into Megastore's bank account, and a smaller portion would be paid into my boss's bank account. As the popularity of Megastore grew, so did the demands on my boss, and he was able to build a company around servicing Megastore. While he did try to grow his client base, none were the same size or scope as Megastore and thus were not able to carry the company. Megastore was approached for a buyout by a company who we'll call Bad Company Inc., with their own internal development team. Part of the buyout deal included ending the revenue-sharing agreement with my boss, an external development company. At the beginning of the process, everything was positive, as my boss arranged a big payday and the deal was signed. He had managed to get a great deal because he had positioned that this buyout would kill his company, and thus he and his staff needed to be compensated. The buyout took several months, and by the end, the relationship between Bad Company Inc. and my boss had completely broken down. My boss had managed to secure another large client, and thus didn't need to close his company. Because of this, Bad Company Inc. said that they didn't need to pay my boss a payout. A lot of these meetings were above my pay grade. So we're in the final days of handing over the entire site to Bad Company Inc. and their internal CTO, who we'll call Jerk Dev, who had complete hatred for the code that ran Megastore as it was a bastardized version of an open source platform. 
He considered himself a purist, and if the code wasn't custom built for the purpose, it wasn't worth anything. So back to my boss, he had managed to keep some version of the original deal in place. But in the preceding weeks, he had made a big threat to Bad Company Inc. that he would do something funny with the code that handled the commission split. It was very much a threat and blowing off steam, as he couldn't legally do it, nor was it actually in his nature to do it. All talk, no bite. However, this outburst did create a situation where Jerk Dev did not trust us to remove our code that handled the commission in our favor. So, on the final build that we're required to hand over, we were meant to remove all code that handled the commission and JerkDev would implement new code to handle the commission and then deploy it to the live website instead of us. The official documentation was reworded from the supply and deploy handover version to just the supply handover version. Great, less work for us. So, D-Day arrived. We had actually completed the build a few days earlier, with commission sharing code completely removed and we're just sitting on this version, so we could hand it over on the day as contractually required to do so. So we handed it over in the morning and we're all planning to head out for a long lunch. Just before we left, we checked Megastore for the last time and noticed that JerkDev had already deployed the handed over version. We were puzzled, as we assumed that any development on the commission code would require extensive testing. We logged into the new site and saw that no code for handling the commission in any fashion was there. Nowhere. There was nothing. We logged into the payment gateway and there were no logs there either. This meant no commission was being deducted at all. So Megastore was losing 100% of their revenue. We immediately reached out to JerkDev via multiple calls, which he rejected until he eventually answered and yelled that he was busy and that we should stop calling him followed by him hanging up the phone. So my boss, concerned that this somehow would be thrown back into his face as the funny thing he threatened to do, instructed us to do a hotfix and deploy it to the server without JerkDev's approval, which we did. It was a messy fix, using the old code. We put all the money into the Megastore account and only one cent into my boss's account, as something had to be deducted for the code to work. 10 minutes after deploying the hotfix, JerkDev called accusing my boss of stealing. Many heated words were shared, followed by my boss putting JerkDev on speaker and instructing all of us to quickly record the conversation on our phones. JerkDev informed us that he had already implemented the code, as he had noticed the completed build two days earlier. We tried to tell him that something was wrong, and he just replied that we were too simple-minded to understand custom code as we were just simple web admins, nothing more, and that we had 30 minutes to remove the hotfix code. My boss got him to repeat the instructions one more time and state that we had supplied a build that satisfied the conditions of the agreement and then hung up on him. As soon as he had uttered those words, it took five minutes to revert the code. We were then instructed to all go to the lunch venue and leave our phones in our cars. Because D-Day was an end of the month kind of deal, it happened to land on a Friday. So the loss of income was only reflected in the bank on the Monday or Tuesday of the following week. This meant the problem was only picked up after running commission free for three to four days. My boss is aware of the amount of money lost, but we're not. However, we assumed it cost the company the commission on between 1,000 to 4,000 individual sales. The CTO did supposedly try to spin a story that our boss had tried to do something funny, and all my boss did was provide the recordings of their conversation, which shut that crap down. My boss got his payout, 
All the staff got a great bonus, and we noticed that JerkDev's LinkedIn status changed a few weeks later to seeking broader challenges. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I don't know much about code development and stuff like that, but I would be led to believe that someone who's been working with it for numerous years is gonna know something about it over the guy who just walked in the door. If they had just hung in there and kept a good relationship until the project was done, then everything would have gone a lot smoother. It's not worth it to sit there butting heads with these people when you still need the information that they have. You're just making your life more difficult. Sounds like this guy just had a little bit of a superiority complex and wanted to flex in front of these guys that he saw as lower web designers. Either way, joke's on him in the end. You don't know how to do everything, buddy, and sometimes you need to accept that. My wife couldn't handle the racism coming from her coworkers, so she got everyone fired. This story took place back in the mid-90s. My wife and I were newly married and our daughter was still an infant. My wife worked in healthcare as a home care nurse, traveling from house to house looking after people. However, after our daughter was born, she did not want a job that put her on the road so much and shifts in the evening. So she applied to be a cleaner at the military base near our community. Two things about our situation that are noteworthy. One is that my wife is a visible minority. And second, as a healthcare worker, 
She logs everything as a force of habit. The company that hired her was a national company. The base office usually had five employees. One had recently quit because her husband was moving with his military job to another part of the country. So the local boss hired my wife to replace her. The four other workers were tight. Louise was the boss who hired her best friend Donna, Donna's brother Dan, and Louise's niece Tracy. My wife was a true outsider. She immediately saw things were not quite on the level. Even though my wife was paid from 4pm to midnight, she was home by 8pm every night. She was also excluded from cleaning the buildings that housed the engineering and tenancy offices. Occasionally, when she would clean those offices, she saw her colleagues rifling through desks and filing cabinets, photocopying documents and other shady stuff. My wife also saw Louise threaten a soldier with extra duties for not opening doors fast enough. Louise's husband was a senior NCO in the unit, but jobs were hard to find at the time, so my wife was willing to accept a little discomfort to her ethics. However, after a few months, the racism started. It started with a nickname, then morphed into slurs and then rumors about her. They started telling racial jokes without trying to hide it. When my wife complained to the four of them that she was uncomfortable, she got called weak and they threatened her employment. My wife told them that she would go to head office, so she called the head office from work. Stuart from HR dressed down my wife over women's talk and told her she needed to thicken her skin and not be so sensitive. My wife countered that she would go to the authorities. Stuart said no laws had been broken so that she should go to the authorities if she wanted. Good luck. Later that shift, she was fired for attitude. So my wife went to the authorities, not just the police. She went to the Human Rights Commission and to the military base headquarters. She gave both photocopies of her logs. The human rights investigation determined that there was a work environment that tolerated racist behaviors. That garnered an apology and an acknowledgement from Stewart with a smug comment that they will henceforth include a clause about racial sensitivity in their employee paperwork. He even made a comment to my wife that this essentially was nothing. However, behind the scenes, the base had been doing their own investigation. Some of the people whose desks had been rifled in the tenancy buildings had reported that they suspected they had been snooped through. The dates of some of their reports matched my wife's logs on the dates she was there. Louise threatening a soldier was followed up and it was discovered that Louise's husband had chastised the soldier and arranged for him to do two weeks extra duties, a violation of an abuse of authority statute. The contract with the base required 40 hours of service per day. The base pulled the security and key logs showing that work was always done by 8pm. The base was paying for 40 hours per day and getting 20 hours of service. There was a clause in the cleaning contract that stated that federal government human rights regulations needed to be followed. The results of the commission's investigation determined that they were in violation. Other bases were contacted to see what was going on with this company, and they found out that others were having similar issues. As a result, the base broke the contract with cause. It was a five-year contract broken after the second year. Louise, Donna, Dan, and Tracy were suddenly out of work. The next cleaning company came in. All personnel had to undergo vetting for security. All cleaning was done during the day, preventing people from rifling through desks. 40 hours was 40 hours, and cleaners were not authorized to engage soldiers beyond casual how-are-you conversations. My wife went back to healthcare. However, every once in a while, she wonders what that jerk steward thinks of women's talk now. Sadly, it's disgusting that stuff like this is even allowed to happen. 
The fact that she's there hiring all of her friends and family is already a red flag. She shouldn't have the authority to do that. When the entire department is run by people who are really tight like that, you know there's going to be slacking off. This group seems like they took it even a step further with all the shady photocopying and stuff going on. Whatever way you slice it, your employers are not going to be happy about that, especially when you work in a military base. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked in the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.